0: hello um nothing is up how was your weekend (laughs) i feel like we haven't caught up in a while um yeah it's actually true it's actually true
1: um my weekend was good though my weekend Mm -hmm. was really fun i went to a rave (laughs) rave girl yeah don't don't call me a rave girl um (laughs) Yeah, it was fun. I went with one of my friends. Mm -hmm. Can't really divulge
0: too much more than that. (laughs) (laughs) Went to a rave, um, had fun. And the rest was history. And the rest was history. (laughs) Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. See, me, on the other hand, I made mozzarella over the weekend.
1: And I've been so excited to hear about
0: this. I'm I'm deep I'm deep in my Martha Stewart era. I mean mozzarella. I made. Do you know this? It's like a Middle Eastern dish that's like it's very basic. It's just like rice, lentils, and like crispy onions. So good. Yeah,
1: we have that in. Yeah, Milan.
0: I I figured. Yeah, I made that yesterday. So I'm just I'm just really cooking up a storm.
1: That's lovely. I. I have had a fixation recently on you know in our good old vegan days. Do you remember hummus Alfredo pasta?
0: Yes, yes, yeah. Um,
1: I've been elevating that a little bit and making gongjujang miso. Wow. vegan Alfredo pasta. It's really good.
0: Do you like my snail? Oh my pushy? god! Yes, I have my goat. <laughs> <laughs> what's your snail's oh, that, name i, I he, it actually doesn't have a name is that so bad
1: no it took me a while to name my goat what's your goat's name my goat's name is inez cute yeah is there a story
0: behind that <laughs> um
1: it, there is actually a really cool story behind it so this little goat i got it on the top of les Gris du midi in chamonix which is like 4,000 meters of elevation. And you oh, take wow. this cable car, you go so high. And I felt so nauseous the entire time. I felt so uncomfortable. I literally thought I was going to pass out from altitude. No. It was so cold. It was minus 24 Celsius um, <laughs> at the top. And we were just up there outside in the mountains, but it was so the elements. Cool. Oh, yeah. Oh my. It was really cool though. Um, and so they had a little gift shop up there. And, um, yeah, my parents bought me this
0: and that's where little goat. I'll post
1: a photo of her on Instagram because Great. she's literally so cute. And I have not been a massive stuffed animal person, even from a young age. Um, uh, okay, you, you lost me there because I was, I was a massive <laughs> stuffed animal person. <laughs> um, I, th- I had, like, two throughout my life. Actually, I had three. I had one that was a cat. Mm-hmm. And I called it Pishi because in Farsi that means cat, cute. And then I had another one. <laughs> I had another cat. Um, <laughs> after I lost the first cat, R.I.P. Um, I named the second cat Pishi because <laughs> that's what cat is in Farsi. No. And then Aww. I had, um, and then I had a dog <laughs> later on in life, but I thought it was a moose. No antlers. There was no antlers on this dog, so I called it Mr. Moose.
0: oh my gosh i will say my 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 um stuffed animals names weren't like super original or anything most of the time it was like if you would just add a y or like an ly to the end of it for instance now this is not a plush toy but um i had uh, we had two fish we had two goldfish my brother and i and their names were fish and fishly Oh, and yeah. then but like, we're had... on the same wavelength. We were yeah, on the same wavelength. Exactly, exactly. I had I had a I had a plush spider named Spidey, of course. Mm. I had a plush frog named Froggy, you know, very simple. So maybe this'll just be snaily. Yeah. yeah. That's cute. I like snaily. Yeah. And maybe I could just name it escargot. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was gonna say. I was never mind. <laughs> um I'm quite tired. Not tired, but just like I just worked out pretty hard for the first time in a while. So Bodies like,
0: or spin?
1: Neither. I did Barry's boot camp.
0: What? What is Barry's
1: boot camp? Um, Pray tell. It's like weights and whatnot. Okay. It's so the original class is like half running and half floor work, weights mm-hmm. and whatnot. But I did only floor, so it was just weights. Okay. Yeah, I have, like, a CrossFit background, which I think surprises a lot of people.
0: <laughs> Anyone um, can I do th- CrossFit. I did CrossFit. I mean, I quit it, but no, I did yeah. CrossFit.
1: Yeah, I did CrossFit for about a year when mm-hmm. I was 15, 16. Honestly, maybe even, like, two years. Um, I did it for a while, and then I decided I wanted to be more gentle on my body. But it now is, I, like, really It is intense. like – I really enjoy weights and, like, feeling strong and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I'll refer back to that in this episode as we talk about things that make our brain chemistry sink and feel good.
0: So but, that yeah. sounds like a perfect segue into talking about um, – Things guess- that don't make our brain feel <laughs> <things good.
1: laughs> Well, TikTok. I do what we
0: want to start with because, I mean – the the two topics that we want to discuss are TikTok and dopamine, which are very linked inextricably.
1: Yeah. Well, here's the thing. It's funny because we were talking, right? And we were thinking, oh, what can we talk about? That's like a little less psychology related. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, dude, I don't know what's going on in the world. I have no idea what's happening. Yeah. And I realized it's because I deleted TikTok two weeks ago. So,
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I mean, I I will say I don't get much, like, personally, I don't get much, I guess I do get some news on TikTok. I I feel like I get actually more news on Instagram because I follow all, like, the news outlets. So my TikTok is really, like... Just my algorithm, which is, you know, like animals, recipes, and like hot women. So,
1: <laughs> you know,
0: that is so, so ideal. I don't get why you would
1: ever delete TikTok with yeah, that as your content. Yeah, with, but
0: with I that. meant like,
1: I don't get any. Obviously, I follow like global news. Yeah. That does not come from, but TikTok, you don't get but... like the pop culture so, tea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what's mm-hmm. going on? Why? No one's doing anything. Um, but I'm so much happier without
0: it. I'll be honest. Yeah. I find myself much more productive when I don't have it. I mean, shockingly. Uh, I think, um, what, what have I seen in the, in the TikTok universe about what's going on in the world? Honestly, I, I'm coming up with nothing. I don't know anything that's going on on TikTok.
1: Ooh, that, that's fine i have some questions about like we were talking and you said that you keep deleting and re-downloading tiktok what is it about tiktok that true. you feel you you feel compelled to delete and then what makes you come back
0: mainly i just it's such a good distractor like it's so easy to spend a lot of time and I do have like a limit on my phone that I'm like not allowed to spend more than an hour and sometimes I behave and listen to the notification and sometimes I do not and I say remind me in 15 minutes as I'm sure most people have experience with and so every so often I just um you know I, I get fed up or or I have some like important task to do. And I, I just got to say, you know what, I can't have this on my phone for a week because I spend too much time on it I to, and yeah. I need to get back into the real world. And so I delete it. And then as soon as, you know, I'm bored again, I I re-download yeah. it.
1: Do you feel like TikTok is your most distracting app that you have on your phone?
0: Oh, by far, by far. Yeah, I don't yeah. spend a ton of time on Instagram. Um, I spend like some time on Instagram. I don't spend any, like barely spend any time on Twitter. I don't really use Twitter. I'm trying to think, are there other apps on my phone that I like spend time on? Not, not really like that. I think it's the main one. So, well, I think TikTok would be very
1: happy to hear that because that is exactly what it's designed for. For sure. Oh,
0: For sure. (laughs) And that's what I think it's so interesting. Like it's it's such a fascinating thing to me that it I don't know, like there must be way more users or just people spending way more time on the app because like the amount of followers people have, the amount of views people have way eclipses anything like Facebook or, or Instagram.
1: It's because your main feed is not based on who you follow. It's based Mm -hmm, on what mm -hmm. this app decides you want to see, Mm -hmm. which is where you get like the funny things of people being like, how did the algorithm know I was gay before I was? Yeah. And stuff like that. But then I was reading this Guardian article, which we'll link. And it's Mm -hmm. really interesting because it says that the algorithm favors extreme content. Mm -hmm. And
0: so... Obviously. But you could say it's the same with like Facebook and Instagram too. I mean, like I I would say Can you? those algorithms Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's why like there's the whole thing about like Facebook not stopping like extremist people from organizing and like committing genocides and stuff and and all that. I think that's
1: Face or Meta now. Meta, meta. as a corporation and Instagram as a corporation rather than the algorithms that feed maybe so maybe so apps because like with instagram you can like decide who you follow and when you open the app your feed is the people who you choose to follow and whatnot Mm -hmm. whereas with tiktok you have to like switch to the tab that's the people you follow yeah Uh, yeah and so you have less autonomy you're just a consumer really Mm -hmm. which is interesting Mm -hmm. it's less of engagement and the same way that like you and I don't really post on TikTok that much. Mm-hmm. We're literally just spectators. It is a spectator sure. sport. <laughs> um, TikTok is, yeah. But yeah, there's there's a lot that I can continue to say about the extremist culture on TikTok because there was a lot in this continue Guardian to say article. it. Well, it's just interesting because you get people who like disclose so much about their lives in a comedic way a lot of the times and sometimes Mm -hmm. not in a comedic way whatsoever, they're just Mm -hmm. disclosing. And it's just kind of dangerous. Yeah. And I I guess this, the article was saying like there's so much clinical safety when disclosing in a therapeutic setting or even disclosing to a friend. But Mm -hmm. especially if your account is public, you could be disclosing to millions and millions of people um, and, I mean, I wouldn't want that. Like, okay, yeah. I sit here having a podcast putting myself on blast. I'm quite comfortable talking about my life, but I would not – yeah, I just – there's a lot of stuff that people disclose on TikTok that, yeah, it's scary. It's scary It's to true, and that. I think you
0: see that as well, like, the fact that people don't exactly potentially know what they're getting into because you'll see people – will say like in a follow-up video or whatever, oh, like I didn't expect that to blow up. You know what I mean? I didn't expect to get, you know, hundreds of thousands of views on this, but that's just, yeah, the the way that the algorithm works, you don't know exactly what is going to go viral and if you have like a, a story or something to say that's quite attractive to people or shocking or whatever it is that makes it onto the For You page, then yeah, you might you might blow up in a way that's not expected.
1: Exactly. And in an algorithm that favors that extreme disclosure, you're going to feel more inclined and more like it's the culture mm-hmm. to tell, tell your deepest, darkest secrets on the internet and it's yeah. going to stay there for a long time and you're going to be opening yourself up to a lot of discourse that yeah. you might not be prepared to engage in about your own Definitely. life. Definitely.
0: And I think it pushes people into niches as well. Like, I really think that that's maybe that's the scariest thing about TikTok to me is that people will only continue putting out the things that they get a lot of likes on. And so it yeah. pushes you into whatever your, you know, your a niche happens to be. But you don't see a lot of people that are, I mean, I guess you see some TikTok influencers that kind of document their daily life and have a wide variety of things, but I think so much more you see people who have the same theme that they constantly talk about. Um, and that actually, that brings me to an article that I was reading that I, I just shared with you, but it was really interesting. It was by someone, I, I guess one of the publications at NYU and they were talking about like mental health on TikTok and I've definitely noticed like there's so much discussion about certain disorders back back in the day when I was when I was working at Brute, I did like a video and it was talking about like the rise of ticks. Not exactly the rise of Tourette's as a as a clinical diagnosis, but just like the rise of ticks in like mm. teens and young adults. And I think a big part of it is that according to the person who wrote this article, there's kind of a favoritism towards showing the sort of maybe visible disorders. So you have people with like Tourette's, you have several, I hesitate to call them influencers, but like several creators who document their Tourette's and get a lot of views because it's something that is, you could say extreme or shocking or just intriguing. And so i a lot of people i think have social mirroring and i think not that it's like a social disease that like anyone can get it but if you're spending a lot of time on tiktok these are the people who are you're your following and they were saying a lot of it happened like during the pandemic and when people were inside and they didn't really have they weren't like walking around and meeting other people they were kind of interacting with the people on the screens it's no wonder that people kind of start to have concurrent you know, symptoms, it was really interesting because it shows like anxiety is like the number one mental health tag. It's like anxiety is at like 11 billion views. And then second, I think is Tourette's third is ADHD and fourth is autism. It's not reflective of the percentage of disorders, percentage of people who have those disorders. You know what I mean? It's just whatever people like to talk about most or like to hear about most.
1: Interesting. Is that like, are those numbers across multiple platforms or is it on a specific? No,
0: that's all TikTok. But I just thought it was so interesting um, because I really yeah. have noticed it. Like I really noticed so many people talking about ADHD and not so much like the clinical definition, but just like POV, you have ADHD and you can't finish anything. And I'm like, it's just weird. It's weird to me. I, I don't know what to think about it.
1: It is definitely bizarre. I think social mirroring is such an interesting concept as well because especially Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. at at an impressionable age you want to feel included and you want to feel a part of something and like to be quite honest things like ADHD things (laughs) disorders Mm -hmm. such as ADHD and symptoms of ADHD and autism I hate to say it but They were trendy on TikTok. Like that was completely, they were trending. That was being talked about. And it's, yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, there's a lot of misinformation out there. But at the same time, you have to argue that, like, that it helped a lot with the stigma, you know, helped a lot with the stigma around those disorders. And it also helped people to feel seen and recognized. But do you think maybe
0: it helped with the stigma or those were not particularly stigmatized? disorders like ADHD is something that is I think quite relatable in terms of not even necessarily the clinical diagnosis but the practical implications of not being able to focus and being highly distractible and having not great memory like I think I think those are relatable <laughs> you know what I mean yeah
1: um, I was thinking more so autism like I feel like autism was an extremely taboo disorder that no one really I think-
0: talked about I think the way that people are talking about autism is talking about like, for lack of better term, high-functioning autism. Like the only thing that you see is high-functioning autistic people or potentially autistic, potentially self-diagnosed autistic. But you know what I mean? I, I don't think that there's a lot of awareness brought to people who are like need a lot of support in terms of
1: – I agree. You know what I but mean? at the same time, I think that that might be the segue into – Into alleviating some of the stigma is seeing that it these disorders are not just extreme cases that it's around you it's common you know and people it's not anything foreign or anything Mm -hmm. alien again like we would have to talk to the people who struggle you know I Mm -hmm. personally can't say whether or not it did wonders for the community because I'm not really a part of that community
0: yeah I would be really interested to like see to talk to people who had been diagnosed like long ago and if they see any change towards like how it's being perceived. Um, Okay. Sorry. I'm good. I finally found the article. I want to read a quote from it uh, because I just thought it was so good. And it talked about also the sort of past or maybe potentially still current glamorization of certain mental disorders back in like the 2000s. Like depression and anorexia were really having their moment you know what I mean and you know no, it, they were they, <laughs> they were I don't like I I mean not to I'm not no no no, should, no, but, no no
1: no like, <laughs> it's just funny to talk about disorders as like having the spotlight but
0: <laughs> they did <laughs> no 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 they no absolutely yeah, they, yeah. absolutely yeah and so and so this author brings up that and then they say um In addition, ADHD and high functioning autism seem to be perceived less as stigmatized illnesses and more like relatable personality quirks of an otherwise sound mind. And then he goes in to talk about like um, other, like how DID, dissociative identity disorder, is something Mm. that's like very kind of performative. Not that it's not real or anything, but that people can very much use TikTok as sort of their. Uh, stage for 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 switching identities and then he says schizophrenia was decidedly never cool never observable and too much of an impediment to daily life for those being treated for it to gain and preserve a following on the app and i'm like
1: damn it's i but it's true like why it, are we it, giving these disorders a hierarchy based on that's consumerism
0: that's, <laughs> that's so bad because i think there's something to it. Like I, I think that there's something to – well, one, in terms of anxiety being the number one, I think we're in a very anxious stage of of being and I think we're also very much in a highly distractible stage of being, which is why I think ADHD is, is becoming more, for lack of a better term, trendy. And I think we're also very much in like a self-enclosed state of being, which is why autism is becoming quote unquote trendy. That's my hot take. I'm not saying that there are actually trends or that like people who espouse to have these disorders don't have them, but I'm just saying, I think that they're reflective of our general social collective conscience.
1: Yeah, I agree. Back to what you were saying about, um, the palatability of these of the aspects of these disorders that becomes trendy. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. I can argue both sides of it's good and bad to have mental illness portrayed in the way that it is Mm -hmm. on TikTok. But
0: yeah, I, I think time will tell. I really think time will tell. And I think we might not ever be able to fully see its impact one way or another because I think the, you know, the kind of uh, path will switch. You know what I mean? Whereas we're not in the practice anymore of glamorizing, for instance, depression. I don't know if you could say that we're glamorizing mental illness in the same way we did, but I I think it's just going to shift. I think it's just constantly shifting.
1: Yeah. Do you feel like TikTok is bad for your mental health?
0: Yeah. I mean, more bad than good. Uh, There are certain things I've probably learned by being on the app, but I would say bad for my productivity and bad for my general ability to focus, I would say. Yeah. Makes sense. But yeah. So in terms of talking about mental health, switching from mental illness to mental wellness – or just understanding how our brain works. Uh, do you want to talk a bit about dopamine? Because you're our yeah. resident expert on, on the mind.
1: Well, yes. I actually had a bit of anxiety before this because neuroscience doesn't stick for me. So if I misspeak, feel free to correct me. Um, but so, you know those feelings on TikTok where you just feel like you can keep scrolling for hours bit of I do (laughs) a bit of lack of control going on where you know you want to get off it but you know just maybe a couple more videos you know maybe just like a couple more videos to my understanding that's dopamine coming into play and dopamine is a neurotransmitter and what a neurotransmitter is is basically like little signals that act in the brain that go from a synapse to a different molecule. You know, it doesn't have to be another synapse. It can be anything else. And dopamine has historically been implicated in theories of depression, of schizophrenia, ADHD, of Parkinson's. Like almost every, di- yeah, many, many disorders. Mm-hmm. And similar to like serotonin hypotheses and stuff like that, just depends on the disorder um what the hypothesis is. And I guess what what does that mean for people who might not have those disorders? Am I going in the right direction? What? I'm second guessing so. myself.
0: No. no, I think you're describing dopamine no. pretty well. I mean this happened. how how like we, we can't go into like neuroscience 101. But yeah, I no, it's it's, an, well, it's a I neurotransmitter. Don't... It's a chemical in the brain and it it either it aids in certain functions of our brain, right? So it aids in memory, it aids in the uh, reward system, and it aids in what else?
1: Um, hmm, good question. It just it it's a feel good molecule, you know, it makes us mm-hmm. feel good and accomplished and satisfied, but. It's tricky. It's a tricky one because she's a tricky one. <laughs> my my it's it's fleeting or yeah, it is essentially fleeting, but not mm-hmm. because of the neurotransmitter itself because our brain wants to maintain homeostasis. Mm-hmm. So, if we get too much dopamine, we want to go the other way and balance it out, so we have a dopamine drop, which after having a lot of dopamine feels bad. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so, Lauren, what are the things that increase dopamine? What are some examples?
0: I mean, I would say a lot of things. So the the main source that I'm pulling from is I listened to this podcast. Uh, I think it was like Fresh Air or something. They were interviewing Anna Lemke who wrote Dopamine yeah, yeah, yeah. Nation. Like, I think she's so, a psychiatrist. I believe so. Um, And she talks about – exactly what you were saying, like the dopamine withdrawal. And so there are certain things, almost anything you can think of, like any sort of stimulation in day to day. So when you eat chocolate, that will give you a a small, let's say, dopamine boost. Or like when you drink coffee, small dopamine boost. Anything that, like you said, makes you have a positive reaction. So it's like anything that uh, like nicotine, obviously, because when you have a cigarette, you will probably want another cigarette at some point, right? Um, yeah. And so anything that's potentially addictive is also working on your dopamine system and making you crash. I mean, there may be other elements to that crash, but making you kind of go up and then drop back down. Yeah, I think, again. I think uh,
1: maybe a drop is probably a better Word for it, or maybe yeah. I'm just thinking of my seesaw analogy of you go up by having it and then you come down by not having it, and then obviously mm-hmm. you want to go back up again, so you seek out more dopamine hits and then you come back yeah. down. But it can come from a lot of also not just substances and things that you consume, it can come mm-hmm. from, um, you know, social interactions, it can come mm-hmm. from sex, it can come from. Other watching things. tv watching
0: tv <laughs> watching tv
1: TikTok. scrolling tiktok <laughs> yeah and obviously <laughs> bring it there, all back are, yeah. there are varying degrees to which these things trigger dopamine release mm-hmm. and so the things that trigger it to a larger scale like more exponentially are probably less healthy or this is what i don't understand is maybe about like how you can have a healthy dopamine release, like how you can healthily increase your dopamine levels. But I think there are things
0: that Well, increase I think actually it. correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. That there, there I think that there's science behind this. I don't want to, I don't want to be spreading misinformation, but I think that like cold showers actually help you have like healthy dopamine release.
1: I have read that, but what I was getting at is that I think there are things that increase your dopamine levels. A healthy amount versus mm-hmm. there are things that increase your dopamine levels to yeah. an unhealthy amount which cause that drop like a surge is mm-hmm. the instead of an increase it is a surge mm-hmm. um, and it's not just yeah it's not just a healthy but homeostasis
0: so, yeah but it's so individual right because like the someone who becomes like nicotine addicted wouldn't necessarily doesn't like probably doesn't have the same like brain chemistry as someone who's like a sex addict you know what I mean and like but then there's so many people who do the things that cause dopamine spikes in a not unhealthy way
1: I mean if there's anything I know about neuroscience is that every system is in play all the goddamn time so yeah. I think it it is it might just be genetic of like what mm-hmm. your which receptors may be less functioning than other mm-hmm. ones. The same way in schizophrenia, like your dopamine receptors in one part of your brain are low functioning, but the other ones in the other part of the brain are high functioning. And so you have mm-hmm. to like have more dopamine in that part of the brain, which is why people get hallucinations and delusions. But then you don't have enough dopamine. In the other. It's just like everything is so intricate. But I think that, I think in general, it might just, it is also a question of nature versus nurture of like how much of it is genetic, how much of it is environmental. Maybe it has to do with access, like maybe people who have more access to sex. Mm I don't know if you're hotter. (laughs) because I- it's always the celebrities that are sex addicts I think. <laughs> well I mean think that they have so much access to it people yeah. are throwing well yeah. anyway that's honestly no I'm, a very I'm non- your theory I'm <laughs> no I know but I just that's a non-scientific thing please don't yeah. please don't think yeah, that yeah. that is we're not, we're not home <laughs> but yeah I don't know okay well I have a question for you what yeah. do you think is your healthy and unhealthy dopamine crux
0: that is a good question that is a good question i mean i've i've really never had and and it's interesting because you were talking about nature nurture and like genetics and all that and i have so much like alcoholism in my family tree and for me it's just it's never been something that i struggle with like i i never like started drinking and felt like I can't stop this you know what i mean it's something that i yeah. Just I have in moderation. I'm but really glad I will to hear say, that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because it's, it's a tricky one. I think it's, it's, it's one that is kind of a a risky one, let's say. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always here admitting my technology addiction. I really like, I don't like the amount of time I spend in front of screens um, I don't like how I feel in terms of like how dependent I am on like having my phone nearby and all that stuff. Yeah. So those are mine. What about you? Wait, you didn't say your healthy one. Oh no. Well, I said I. Well, I. I'm not that alcohol is healthy, but I'm just saying like I can have a dopamine release and not. St- um. I, I Maybe I misunderstood the question because I thought I you meant were like, like oh, what, what do is. You- what do you do? Yeah, that you makes were thinking you about like Pilates, and I said like <laughs> mojitos.
1: <laughs> Fair enough.
0: Uh, um, I mean, a lot of things. I, a lot of things like bring me joy and 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 give me like a fun little rush of dopamine. I mean, crafting, crafting is a big <laughs> one for me. That's so cute. Um, crafting is one. Uh, going on walks in nature, that's one. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, sweet. Love that. What about you? Um, I think working out gives me a really good um dopamine hit and like a very positive one. I always feel very accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's I have a complicated relationship to exercising. Um, for a different day, but when I'm in the right state of mind and I have a good workout, like today. Mm-hmm. I feel really good after yeah and again also like walking being in nature as well very happy ones um as for my less healthy ones I think I mean again not gonna disclose too much but I think <laughs> <laughs> I think I have an unhealthy relationship with attention mm. I think getting attention gives me too much, like, dopamine. Yeah. I think that's, like, a real surge. You can tell I'm an only
0: child. (laughs) (laughs) You know. I – also, this is maybe not exactly related to what you were saying, but what you were saying reminded me of a few things, but I think romantic obsession is something that I – uh, struggle with. And I get very like obsessed in, in, in a similar way about attention and now we're getting, yeah,
1: now (laughs) we're getting to the good stuff. Here we go. No,
0: I mean, I, I think that that's, that's, that's a big one that I think a lot of people have. Like, I think a lot of people rely on the, I mean, not just validation, but, um, yeah, attention and and devotion of another person, or at least like attraction, all that stuff. Like you yeah. are seeking ex- the excitement in your life from another person. Yeah, that is not the answer. Like having an excitement in your life from just having a new person all the time
1: is just not dopamine. the answer. But it's just dopamine. gosh,
0: it's it's very it's a very attractive option. Yeah, like yeah, I have a couple
1: thoughts about that because. I yeah I think that there's nothing more exciting than starting to talk to someone new, you mm-hmm. know. I think yeah. that to me is probably the most exhilarating feeling I can feel. Um, Wait, is someone? It it, it really I is. <laughs> well, and it it has like multiple layers too. And I think, um, especially as a bisexual girly, it's interesting that I get more dopamine and exhilaration from men then with women it feels a bit more calm a bit more like this is exciting but not as like oh my god he texted me mm, mm-hmm, <laughs> um mm-hmm. but i that i think that's again gendered maybe misogyny's involved like why do we put male validation on a pedestal conversation for another time i'm not gonna branch off into that but <laughs> yeah i've always heard that like your healthiest relationships will feel the most calm and boring.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And yeah, have yet to experience that (laughs) because I'm always instigating. If it's boring, I'm going to do something about it. But that's also a personal thing.
0: Yeah. On my end, I do get like girl crazy in the way that I'm sure many people get boy crazy. And so, yeah, the whole wondering – if they're going to text like yeah it's just like the whole the whole thing wondering if they're thinking about you when you're thinking about them etc cetera, etc cetera. it's so intoxicating it's probably to me it's more intoxicating than any actual intoxicant like it really is
1: <laughs> so. i think that way too but it's funny because like i i don't know i i'm now very confident and like i don't i will end things on the drop of a hat and so i am honestly really only there for the dopamine hit once it gets boring like i'm out mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which is interesting to know about myself learning a lot but i also think like there is there's a dopamine hit of the unknown and there's also the dopamine hit of like i don't know what it is maybe it's like feeling desired maybe it's like getting what you want when they text you mm-hmm. back and stuff like that but i think for me it's a lot of like feeling I don't know I no longer get really anxious when people don't message me back because I know what I'm in it for Mm -hmm. and it's that dopamine rush sorry 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 to anyone (laughs) sorry to the person that I'm currently dating (laughs) (laughs)
0: sorry to these men okay so Um. what
1: what else are your thoughts on romantic oh I I don't know before I say too
0: much I just think it's an interesting, I just think it's an interesting concept. It's what I, it's what I like the most about. I think a lot of the books I read are about romantic obsession. Like a lot of the the fiction that I read is about the, I think if you read things, obviously we've talked about Sally Rooney, but I think the best book about romantic obsession that I've read in the past few years is the Pisces by Melissa Broder. Um, oh, I think is, you recommended this to me. I, I, I recommend it. to like most people. And I just I love the author. She's incredible, and a lot of her work talks about romantic obsession. She's someone who is like a recovered addict, um, and also kind of has admitted to being like romantically addicted. Mm-hmm. Um and Oh yeah just like a lot of her work talks about that talks about the insanity that goes on your in your mind when you let yeah romance consume you and you let like other people consume you and then the question being is is like it's impossible to fully recover from that ever because you can't avoid people you can't I mean you can be celibate which I guess some people are but it's very difficult, you can't avoid people, you know you can't become sober well, from people
1: yeah i i'll this is actually where I think speaking about my own personal experience will be beneficial and not just for a good laugh, but <laughs> I think i I was definitely romance infatuated from a young age, like really loved romance because um my parents were well my mom was always like, no boyfriends and all of these things, and if my mom tells me no. I'm gonna want it you want
0: it of course yeah
1: and and if I'm honest it wasn't available to me like I didn't really have anything going on in high school and college I had a bit but like I don't know I was also discovering my sexuality and so yeah I've always if I'm into someone I'm infatuated with them and the that dopamine hit so hard when they would text me back Mm -hmm. um and I think about this time last year. Uh, I was realized I was really forcing it. Like I was after that dopamine hit, no matter how not into the person I was. Like I mm-hmm. realized it with the person I was seeing at the time. I was like, I don't actually really like this person. Why am I still after their texts back, like mm-hmm. their approval and stuff like that? And I think I what worked for me to become who I am now of slightly less really slightly less, for lack of a better word, addicted to that form of attention and connection was to find those dopamine hits other places, you know, and Mm -hmm. focus on like the healthy ways of feeling that same level of good. And it came from academic validation. It came from getting to know my friends better from investing in myself from also realizing what it was that i was actually after and it was this literal chemical reaction in my brain i'm becoming honest with myself about like really what am i in these things for because i know from the first time i meet someone whether or not we're gonna get along or not Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. um yeah that was my tangent
0: (laughs) no that's it it's helpful I,
1: yeah I guess that would be from someone who literally thought that she would never have a boyfriend and that was all that she ever wanted um your first relationship might be with a girl <laughs> um anyway, <laughs> I don't think how I a the point. tables have turned <laughs> how the tables have turned um i'm still I'm still queer, everyone. <laughs> Just have to just every once in a while have to remind the people. Um, I had a question, and now I've forgotten my question. Oh, I have I have a different topic that I'd like to bring up briefly. Yeah, MDMA. I think this is (laughs) so interesting because MDMA took a turn. Well, I was thinking about healthy versus unhealthy dopamine surges, Mm -hmm. and. Thinking about the come down, and that's literally what MDMA does it surges like those neurotransmitters in your brain, and then the next day you have a massive come down because you don't feel that happy anymore. And, like, on Mandy, as the Brits call it, um,
0: Mandy, what (laughs) not Molly, it's Mandy, you're changing her name
1: now, (laughs) it's Mandy. (laughs) Um, this is news to me. You do feel those feelings of like intense love and like mm-hmm. all those things, which is why it feels so good.
0: Um, Wait, question, because uh, I I don't know as much about the neurochemist than like the neuro neurochemistry, but just the chemistry of of MDMA. Because like LSD is a big serotonin boost, but is MDMA dopamine or serotonin or both or what is it? Um, I know there's dopamine involved.
1: Um, I think it's, yeah. Serotonin, dopamine, and norepinephrine. So basically, just mm. monoamines. Um. But what I think is so interesting is that science is now harnessing this dopamine surge or this monoamine surge for therapy. Like I think that's so interesting that yeah. you know, obviously in daily life, in a non-clinical setting, that dopamine surge can be really harmful. It can mean mm-hmm. spending hours on TikTok when you don't want to and whatnot but not that that's like particularly harmful but it can be doom scrolling you know doom scrolling um but it's interesting that like everything can be used for good i wish i knew more about like exactly how the neurochemistry of mdma therapies but yeah yeah it's interesting because i don't think that i think it's a small dose and i also don't think that patients have a come down afterwards
0: i guess on a small enough dose yeah or you're just changing
1: your neurochemistry in that session with the therapist because we know that psychotherapy changes your brain wires and your brain Mm -hmm. chemistry so maybe it's enough for that because also they're like an hour and a half sessions i think like they're quite lengthy Mm -hmm. therapy sessions Mm -hmm. um and after a few times I don't know. There's also like, well, you don't always have to come out of therapy feeling good. So maybe yeah. like a minor come down is fine. Someone smarter than me has figured this out. So.
0: Yeah, that it's that one's the one I think I know least. I, like I've done the least research on MDMA therapy. I mean, I know that it's used for like trauma therapy and whatnot, but I, I think yeah. I know a little bit less about it than I do about the other psychedelic therapies
1: yeah i'm in the process of reading about it right now um Mm -hmm. just for job interviews and stuff and they do use that that um neurotransmitter surge they like try Mm -hmm. and harness it for therapeutic good i have something funny to share though which goes back to tiktok i actually i had two things that i wanted to say and then i just forgot Mm -hmm. to say them one since i haven't been using tiktok i've been using reels and my, oh, reels, yeah. <laughs> my, my Reels algorithm is so funny. It is so not tailored to me. I don't know why they show me these things, but it's like French. It's a lot of French. I don't really follow that many French accounts. so I don't know why, but there's a lot of French. There's a lot of mm-hmm. French kids skiing. Have you seen these? I get so many. They, they
0: heard you are at Monbon and they're like, <laughs> "Okay, I have not. I'm not on that side of of Instagram or TikTok." Well, next time I
1: see one, I'll send it to you. But okay, yeah, please do. I've gotten so many, and then okay, the other thing that I had to share is that my dad. This is one positive about TikTok is that whenever we talk, he's like, "I saw this TikTok recipe, Kimia, and I'm gonna try it now." <laughs> So he's
0: back in 2020. <laughs> welcome to welcome to TikTok. Yeah, good for him. My parents are really on Animal TikTok. They're just they're just eating up all the dog the dog TikToks. That's King good. Clarence, who's good that? boy Ollie. Do these what? ring a bell? No. <laughs> it's it's all these Labradors now. You you know because like Lily is part part brown lab and so they like to follow all the brown labs of tiktok understood yeah and there is there there are two very famous ones one named good boy ollie the other named king clarence
1: okay interesting i think
0: they've collaborated at this point i think i think the dogs have collabed at this point
1: that's really cute i'm on like (laughs) british or i used to follow literally follow um some british dashounds one was called cute. Pizza.
0: Pizza.
1: Pizza. So wait.
0: cute. <laughs> speaking of dog oh. names, I probably, you know what? I haven't, I, I didn't realize you've been off of TikTok for like two weeks. So I've continually <laughs> sending you TikToks. Oh, no. And um, there was one, see, I just had to ignore my limit to go back on TikTok because I wanted to show you. It was one of the best ones that I've seen in a while. Okay, wait. Give me a second. Some of the best names I've seen working in pet insurance. The first one, Little Daddy. Triangle. Triangle. Gratuity Tip Tucci. Dweeb with an exclamation point. (laughs) Pigpen John. (laughs) Long Division. (laughs) Long Division. And then the last one's just Egg. Egg.
1: If you had a dog right if someone handed you a dog right now what would you name it oh man don't think just tell just
0: well you know okay so for not lily lily is our parents current dog but the last dog we had his name was rocky but the first week we got him, I was in like eighth grade. I think my brother was, yeah, my, I was in eighth grade. My brother was in high school and we really just wanted to call him dog. We really wanted his name I to be dog. I am you telling me that. That <laughs> fits your parents stuffed were like, animal thing. <laughs> my parents were like, no, we are not having a dog named Dog. You have to come up with something else.
1: Yeah, it makes <laughs> sense why all be- your stuffed animals are named the, the name of their animal.
0: Exactly, exactly. Okay, fair. Yeah, he ended up having a different name, but <laughs> his name probably should have been dog. I don't know what I would name my current. I I would try to. I would try to find a, a like a funny name. Pizza is such a good one. I know. Like I know any food. Any food names like yeah, like tater tot. You know, like waffles. Oh, I, I I actually know this former coworker of mine from a while ago, had a cat named Bunny, and then no, the dog was named Bunny. And the cat was named Dog or something like that. It was like not <laughs> she so just good. named the d- different animals by by different things. Yes. And I thought that was really good.
1: That is very clever. That's really clever. Mm-hmm. I really like Cheddar from Brooklyn 9. I think that's a that's really good cute. name for a dog.
0: That's cute. Cheddar is yeah. cute. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. I I'm I'm not good at I'm not good at naming. I mean, you know, you know I had a parrot named Gertrude, so <laughs>
1: yeah i did yeah i'm gertie. yeah gertie all right but now i don't know what i would name it. any any remaining thoughts no i don't feel thoughts. like we really Head got empty. anywhere
0: <laughs> i know we, we just like ping-ponged for us, like, we just
1: we just said things <laughs>
0: like we just said how we were feeling
1: all we did was speak <laughs> Hey, if people are enjoying it, then I will continue to speak,
0: yeah, and even if, if people you know aren't enjoying it, know. I will continue to speak. <laughs> we will not okay. let our voices be silenced.
1: I'll I- leave you with a question to round it off. Mm-hmm. What is one way this week that you will promote healthy dopamine growth growth help healthy growth. dopamine increase
0: growth? <laughs> Um,
1: it my little can little if it tries. <laughs> if it eats its fruits and vegetables, it can grow. <laughs> maybe, it can,
0: maybe it can be a big dopamine boy one day.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, what is one way that you will increase uh, your dopamine in a healthy way? And what is one way that you will increase it in a not so healthy way?
0: I think, I think what I am going to do, actually, I think it's going to be a, better now because it's starting to be spring. I'm going to spend more time outside. Nice. Always, always the always the mood. Um, I want to cook more recipes. Like I said, Ooh. I've been succeeding in my in my recipes and um and my cooking. So I'm gonna I want to keep on keeping on with that. Lovely. And unhealthily, I will probably con- uh, I'll probably continue to be watching Love Island every day until it's done. <laughs> perfect and no one can stop me so what about you um healthily
1: i will probably keep working out and uh, like get some work done i haven't been very productive but yeah focus on that unhealthily i'm gonna go out with the guy (laughs) that i'm using for (laughs) dopamine (laughs) um Okay, <laughs> it, I I'm gonna clarify. We have he's very enjoyable to be around. We have very good conversation. Mm-hmm. I just haven't Stop made it good clear chat. To him Got good chat. Got good crack. The funniest thing is that n- no, he doesn't. <laughs> we just <laughs> talk about like we have intelligent conversation. But also yeah. that's just like it's of, I'm involved, so of course we're having good of talks. Course. Yeah, I'm a great conversationalist. Um, I mean
0: no I, no, I believe
1: it I'm just being really mean to this guy <laughs> I'm gonna cut myself <laughs> you, gotta off. Me, you, gotta, you gotta give me the lowdown on this guy later that this that was the whole lowdown honestly that was Lauren, that was it. like okay. all I could tell you <laughs> not that deep it's not, that, not deep. that deep but I do have to give you the lowdown on the rave which I think I already told you a yes. little bit about but
0: I mean, you told me about the hot DJ, which is always is always going to p- pique my interest. Um, oh, my goodness. But yeah, I have, have, have to
1: tell you about that. my actions at this rate. Yeah. Yeah. Which were, <laughs> okay. Well,
0: with that, I think we'll stop the recording.
1: <laughs> yeah. Before before I say anything <laughs> inappropriate.
0: OK. Goodbye to our followers. Bizu. Bye. Bisou. <laughs>